This is a WTOP original podcast. From Podcast One. Coming up in this episode of Target USA. The news that Trevor Reed was being released by the Russians was great news for his family, but a really dark cloud was cast over that day by something the U.S. government did, or better said, didn't do. It's fantastic that Trevor is home. Elizabeth Whelan, Paul Whelan's sister, he's been in Russian captivity since 2018. She says there's another side to this. We feel um, a terrible sense of disappointment uh, on Paul's behalf and also a sense of betrayal. And why is that? We were not uh, told that this was going to be happening. We had hardly half an hour to prepare before the news uh, hit the national media. And the worst part of this whole thing. Paul had to find out about the trade uh, and Trevor's release from Russian television. Coming up on this episode of Target USA. The National Security Podcast. From WTOP in Washington, D.C., this is Target USA. Russia could render huge harm to this country. North Korea's secret missile. Capable of reaching the whole of the United States. Dangerous terrorist. D.C. is repeatedly mentioned as someplace they would like to seek an attack. Cyber criminals. Decryption successful. America has a target on its back. And on this program, we investigate the threats, the people behind them, the agencies fighting them, and the impact on you. This is Target USA. The National Security Podcast. I'm J.J. Green. You're probably well aware by now that American Marine Trevor Reed, who was being held in Russia has been swapped for a Russian that was in custody in the U.S. And that was a happy homecoming for him and his family. But at the same time, something else that another family who has a loved one that is still being held by Russia was playing out for them. And we spoke with the family of Paul Whelan. We spoke with his brother first and then with his sister, Elizabeth. And here on this episode, we have a brief show today. It's about a 10 or 12 minute conversation with Elizabeth Whalen, and she talks about what happened to them on the day they learned about the release of Trevor Reed. Elizabeth, thank you for taking time to talk with me today. Um, you are well aware of the development with Trevor Reed on yesterday, the 27th of April, and I spoke with your brother David. Paul's twin brother about it yesterday, and he pointed out that, um, you know, the family is happy for the Reed family, but feels a significant amount of disappointment today. Just want to ask you briefly if you could just give me a sense of how you and uh, yourself, you feel today. Well, thanks so much for uh, for having me on to talk about this. Uh, it's It's hard to put into words. We would want nothing more than just to be able to concentrate on celebrating with the Reeds. Uh, it's fantastic that Trevor is home. Um, his time in the prison, I can't even imagine what it must have been like. But we feel um, a terrible sense of disappointment uh, on Paul's behalf and also a sense of betrayal that we were not uh, told that this was going to be happening. We had ha- hardly a half an hour to prepare before the news uh, hit the national media. Um, Paul had to find out 
about the trade uh, and Trevor's release from Russian television. Um, and my parents just got off the phone with him again today, uh, right before this call. And uh, he is incandescent with rage. Uh, yesterday he was sad, but today he is angry. I can imagine. I can only imagine that because he's been there for a very long time. And, you know, you guys have been struggling trying to get help for him to get him out of there. You know, he's gone through his own illnesses and own medical emergencies, and he did not get the kind of attention. And again, this is not to take away from the Reed family's success in getting Trevor out, but the way in which two presidential administrations have handled this is a bit less, a lot less than what you would hope for. So what are you going to do now? Well, you know, that's, a, that's exactly right. What are we going to do now? Because what is, what is done is done. Um, we have some major concerns about the negotiating ability of the administration. If they're going to trade um, an actual criminal, Konstantin Yaroshenko, for just one innocent person when they could have brought two innocent people home. Um, and so we're not, we're not sure uh, what, what their plans are. And the very first thing I have to do is go back to uh, Jake Sullivan, to Secretary Blinken, and most importantly, ask once again for a meeting with President Biden to find out what their thinking is on this. Now, uh, as you said, not to take away anything from Trevor Reed's uh, release, because um, there is no, it, it's not as if you get arrested in one order and then you get released in one order. Uh, it definitely doesn't work like that. But we feel that there were opportunities missed. And we have concerns about, um, you know, what options are left, how they are engaging uh, with the Russians to make sure that we bring Paul home soon. Um, and most importantly, I think um, a level of trust has to be reestablished because I felt that we were working in strategic partnership with the U.S. government to get Paul home, uh, to be blindsided by the fact that he was going to get left behind, that Trevor was going to be released when people obviously knew this was going on and couldn't trust us to tell us that information. Um, Paul would have been so appreciative of a heads up um, from, from the embassy or anyone he's been in contact with, as would we have. Uh, uh, yesterday was a terrible day while we tried to process not only wanting to, you know, celebrate Trevor's return, but just a sheer sense of betrayal, lack of trust, and wondering what do we do next? Yeah, again, I am, you know, kind of at a loss for words here. I mean, the questions, there are many questions. But uh, I'm just, it's just hard to figure, understand how this worked. And you know, I know how this is supposed to work. Having watched many of these happen over decades, I know how it's supposed to work, but I'm just trying to figure out how this worked. So one of the things that I saw on social media from you yesterday was some deliberacy about saying you are going to definitely begin the process of meeting again with uh, National Security Advisor Blinken, uh, uh, Sullivan and Secretary of State Blinken and asking for a meeting with the president. So I'm imagining that you haven't, you've, you've done this, you've requested these meetings before. What have you gotten out of these requests? Well, it's, you know, that's really interesting because, uh, you know, on purpose, I took the approach of, uh, you know, trying to build a network within the government. Um, I have regular contact with the National Security Council, um, with 
the, spe- the special presidential envoy uh, office, et cetera. We talk to the embassy every week, all of that sort of thing. Um, I was able to have a in-person Zoom call with Secretary uh, Blinken last fall. Uh, once again, had had a um, Zoom call with Jake Sullivan in early January. And I really felt that we had, um, you know, the of course, we're not going to understand everything about what's going on with the negotiations and their communication, uh, and, and we don't expect that level of sharing. But I had expected some level of, of mutual trust about how this was going to get solved going forward. Um, and I'm left with the distinct impression that what we have is a situation where we have a lot of really caring career people working on um, these issues to do with hostage diplomacy uh, and wrongful detention, etc. But the, the decisions get made at a political level, and that it was also a political level not to let us in on the fact that Trevor was coming home and that Paul would be left behind. And I have a real problem with that, and I, I believe that I have uh, I have some right to hear from the people who are making these high level decisions, uh, you know, what their plan is. For Paul to come home, because I'd like to stress more than anything, this isn't the the family's job to get, to do the heavy lifting to get Paul out of Russia. This is the U.S. government's job. Paul is an American citizen, and he was taken as a pawn because of of people that the uh, the U.S. is holding because of uh, you know whether it's sanctions or or other. Uh, problems in uh, other irritants, as they called it, uh, with the Russian and the U.S. relationship, not because of who Paul is himself. And so the U.S. government, in my mind, has a responsibility to get Paul out. Uh, And we, you know, they seem to have this attitude that Paul is just sitting on a shelf like some like little toy waiting for his his opportunity to to be freed when he's a real live person with real life feelings who feels hurt and betrayed. Uh, and and what is it going to take to repair that? And why even damage that relationship in the first place? Uh, why damage that attitude? It, it doesn't make any sense to me. You know, the, the government had an ally in me and my family. And they really, at least right now today, have an adversary. And I don't think that that's useful. Well, I can certainly understand why and how you feel that way. And... <sighs> Again, you know, it's it's a head scratcher as far as what happens at 1600. You know, um, this is not a political statement. This is not anything against the administration um, because they've done some 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 wonderful things. But you know, when you start thinking about how this impacts a person sitting there waiting and hoping that his government is going to do something. And not begrudging the others that are there with him, but then finding out on Russian media that you, (laughs) as you and your brother David and Paul have all said, he's been passed over or some, it wasn't his turn. It wasn't his, I don't know. This is difficult. And, you know, I'm not sure how they'll react to this, but, you know, you know, I can certainly understand why you feel that way. And I can certainly understand your anger. What is it that you want the American people to know? Well, I think it's important, uh, you know, as upset as we are about Paul's situation, we always did know that there was a a chance that Trevor could come home first. I mean, this has always been, we always knew that that could happen. Uh, I think that we're, you know, definitely asking the U.S. government to do better 
to do much better in their relations with the families in general. You know, this has happened to us with Paul, but we're not the first people. There are people who've been left behind in Iran whose families are, are waiting. And, um, you know, we have American citizens over over there. Uh, this has happened in Venezuela very recently. Two people were released and there are quite a number still still being left. There's some we are we have not as a country managed to deal with the problem of wrongful detention and hostage taking for diplomatic um, purposes. And I think that that has has to be addressed. We have to get home all of the Americans that are being held overseas, no matter how sticky the agreements are to get people out. And then we have to figure out how to solve the problem of wrongful detention so that families don't have to go through what we're going through at the moment. Elizabeth, thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you so much. Appreciate you having me on today. That's Elizabeth Whelan. She's sister of Paul Whelan, who's been held in Russia now for 1,237 days. We'll continue to work on this and to cover this, and we'll also continue to follow the situation of WNBA player Brittany Griner. That's it for this episode of Target USA. Coming up in our next episode. Information manipulation. The U.S.'s efforts to put together a disinformation governance board is on hold because of some missteps in the rollout process. But one program that sets the standard for all programs is the one in Estonia. And we spoke recently with the top Estonian official in charge of this operation. What we are trying to do is literally raise the resilience of the society, to inform the society that there is such a thing as information manipulation, that there is a neighbor that does it regularly. And we want people to be aware that there is such a danger and that anyone can be manipulated or anyone can stumble across information that has been manipulated. When it comes to fighting Russian disinformation, this group is the gold standard. That's coming up on the next episode of Target USA. In the meantime, if you have any questions or comments about the program, send me an email. You can reach me at jgreen at wtop.com. The letter J, the color green, one word, at Whiskey Tango Oscar Papa. jgreen at wtop.com. Also, please subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Twitter. We're at TUSA Podcast. That's at Tango Uniform Sierra Alpha Podcast. And if you want more national security news, you can sign up for my newsletter. It's called Inside the Skiff, and you can sign up at WTOP.com slash email. I'm J.J. Green, and this is Target USA. The National Security Podcast. Hey, Cobra Kai fans, come hear what Peyton Liss has to say on Kicking It With The Coves this week. Peyton plays one of my favorite characters, Tori Nichols. Our stunt coordinators came up with a sort of training background for each character. Mm, like, that's interesting. Uh, Tori had done a little kickboxing before, so that kind of came in when I first tried to take on Miguel and why I was cocky enough to think that, you know, I could come in here and I could just make an entrance. Listen to Kicking It With The Coves now at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podcast One, and wherever you can sweep your leg and get the podcasts. Now, stay tuned for the latest headlines from the Associated Press.